chapter 2, one of the things that you see in this passage is the Apostle Paul is going about doing the business of the church. And sometimes the business of the church is to cast out demons. Sometimes the business of the church is to go preach the gospel in the, the, the town square. And sometimes the business of the church is to send some delegates to another church and encourage them. And you know, all the work of the Holy Spirit in a church is all equally important. It's all to glorify God and it all serves a purpose. How many of you believe that? And sometimes we think, you know, the, the big jobs are for the big people and the little jobs are for the little people. I'll never forget my first job in ministry was assistant parking lot duty, right? Assistant parking lot duty. And that, that you know, relegates. But I knew when I got saved, God called me to preach. I knew it, but that was my first job. But I didn't look at it because God warned me as soon as they gave me that job. God warned me that every job in the kingdom of God is equally vital. Amen. It is equally vital. Everything that God gives us to do. And I want you to know that there are things that God has called you to do. It may not be as prolific as somebody flinging their jacket and causing 80,000 people to fall out. Whether that's true or not. You may not see something that prolific, but what God has called you to do is vital in the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God must be advanced. Amen? It advances. Come on now. God has called us to advance the kingdom of God in this generation, in our world, in your life. And there is more of God that God wants to see in you in your home, in your family, in your marriage, in your city, in your church, in your relatives. There's more of God that God wants to see. Amen. How many of you know God wants to see a reflection of the kingdom of God here? Amen. Didn't Jesus pray that? Didn't he teach us to pray that? Thy kingdom come. Come where? Thy will be done. Thy will be done where? In you. In you, so that you're not in bondage to Satan anymore. Thy kingdom come to you. Thy will be done in you. God wants to do a work in us so that we're not barely hanging on by a thread, so that we're not fainting back, we're not faint-hearted, so that we're not derelict in our duty before God, so that we're not abandoning our post as the men and women of God. You've been called and commissioned to be a carrier of the Holy Ghost to the ends of the earth. Now, whether you are or not, it's between you and God, but I'm telling you today, God's calling you to get back on the firing line, to get fired up, filled up, fueled up, and to go back to your post and do what God has called you to do to get recommissioned sometimes we got to get back down on our knees and go back to square one David had to do that he created me a clean heart take not thy Holy Spirit from me right but his desire was to get back to where God wanted him to be and I don't know where you're at but God wants you to get back in that place where he wants you to be so that you can bring the Holy Spirit to the ends of the earth now you And I all know not everybody can be a missionary to Africa. Maybe we should, but not everybody can. But it doesn't make much sense to go be a missionary there when you're not being a missionary here. Somebody say amen. It doesn't make much sense to go be a missionary there when you're not establishing the kingdom of God in your living room. If your computer doesn't have the anointing of God on it. 
Come on. If the, if the things you watch on TV don't have the anointing of God on them, what you going to do? God's calling us to get back to this place to where he's first and foremost. And Paul here in this passage in Philippians, he had a little job to do. It was just bringing the word to another church, encouraging another church, just bringing a few supplies. But I want you to see what happens in, second, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Paul said this in verse number 19. He said, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you that I, may, that I also may be of good comfort. When I know your state, for I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state. How many of you are caring people? And all Paul wanted was someone to go over there and see how they're doing and care for their needs. That's all he wanted. And he's not talking about turning the city upside down yet. Just going out, encourage them, see how they're doing, care for their needs. Look what he says. He said, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. In other words, what Paul was saying is, and, and he wasn't talking about all Christians, he was talking about all, all of his disciples, all the people that he was mentoring, all the people that were around him. He only had one guy, he only had one guy that he could go and send to do this. Everybody else had a seeking problem. And when it boils down to it, that's where the rubber meets the road. We either have a seeking problem or we're walking with God. The seeking problem is, is some people are seeking their own. My own well-being. My own comfort. Well, you know, there's a big problem in the church when we seek our own comfort, when we're supposed to live with the comforter who comforts us in whatever God puts us in. God may put us in a fiery furnace. He may put us in a den of lions. But if we've got the comforter, he'll keep us comfortable in the uncomfortable situation. But the problem is a lot of people don't know the comforter, don't have the comforter. So they're trying to find a comfortable situation instead of having the comforter in their situation. And you see, Paul here, he said he didn't have anybody. I don't have anybody except Timothy. He's the only one I have that seeks the things that are Jesus Christ's. What would Paul say about us? What would Paul say about us? That we seek our own? I mean, it, there's no gray area. Can you testify? There's no third option. Well, everybody's got to eat, Pastor. Well, sure, Jesus knows that. He said, seek the kingdom first. All these things will be added to you. Is that not what he said? Your clothes, your food. But you've got to do one thing. What is it? Seek the kingdom of God first in all things. You know, God's speaking a word today, and he's telling you today to get your house to where you are a seeker of God's kingdom on this earth. Amen. A lot of people believe that we should shut the doors of the church and just sing and, and, and meditate and go home and just keep, keep our head in the clouds and fall out ourselves and keep everything. No, no, no. When he's talking about seeking the kingdom of God, he's saying he wants to see the kingdom of God advance in our society. He wants to see the kingdom of God advance in your children. He wants to see the kingdom of God advance in your parents. He wants to see the kingdom of God advance in our society today. How is he going to do that? Through you. Could God come down and do it himself? Of course. 
But that's not the way he sets up the New Testament. He sets up the New Testament to take you, fill you up with his Holy Spirit, and send you out to fulfill his desires. Amen? Well, one of the problems that we see here is a lot of people became derelict in their duty. The word derelict is one of those military kind of terms. And it's, it's one of those things that just means you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You've abandoned post. I know if someone's supposed to be a watchman on the wall, but they're watching TV, they're derelict in duty. Some of you are supposed to be a watchman over your house. But you see the enemy creep in, but he had not crept in too much. It's just like society. I, you know, I know the devil's moving on our land, but it's not too much. I can still go do what I want to do for now. But you see, if God's called you to be a watchman on the wall, there's a problem if you're not watching. God's called you to watch over the kingdom of God in your life and in your family, in your children, in your area, in your realm of touching. God's called you to be that watchman on the wall in that area. Who's who's watching over you? Well, God is. But God's called you. God's called you to be sensitive to see whether or not things in your life honor him, whether your marriage honors him. How do you honor God in your marriage? How do you honor God with your body? See, if you're, if you're not married, you're supposed to honor God with your body. Keep your body pure unto God. From whatever. If One of the things that we see in the kingdom of God is that God's will is, is advancing in this generation through certain people. And God wants you to be one of those people. See here, Paul only had one guy. I want you to know this. This is not a 2023 problem. This is not a 2023 problem. This was probably in 60 AD. This is first church problem. In the first church, they're one generation. These people have seen the risen Christ. And there were some that sought their own kingdom and not God's kingdom. And I want to tell you that we live in perilous times in our nation. I want to tell you that we live in perilous times in our nation, and it is incumbent upon you and I to get our house in order. It's incumbent upon you and I to get our house in order. I want to tell you something. God's looking for people that have Holy Ghost guts. Because it's going to take guts to do what God's called you to do in this generation. God's looking for people that have Holy Ghost guts. You know, it takes guts. Because it's easy when you see your child doing something wrong, it's easy to turn the other way. Because, you know, we don't want to deal with it. When you see things go on in a church that shouldn't be going on in a church, it's easy to just turn around, tuck tail, and walk the other way. God hadn't called you to do that. God's called you to have Holy Ghost guts in the day of battle. Whatever the battle is. Whether that's the kingdom of God advancing in your children or in your home. Maybe it's the kingdom of God advancing in your body. Maybe it's the kingdom of God advancing in your church. Maybe it's the kingdom of God advancing in your city. Well, whatever the cause is, God has called you. And God has called me to not shrink back in the day of adversity. To not shrink back in the day of battle. To not fall back when the enemy presses down. But to stand our ground. To stand in the day of battle. Sometimes all you can do is stand, but God's called you to stand. Are you willing to stand? Do you have enough Holy Ghost guts 
to stand in the face of all the demonic activity going on in our nation today. And I want to tell you that the, the, the demonic activity going on in our nation is going on because the church has sought its own glory and not the glory of God and not the kingdom of God. We have sought to establish our buildings, our ministries, our apostleships. We have sought to establish our worship teams, our drama teams. Uh, we have sought to establish everything else under the sun, and we've left out the void of the world. And the enemy is advancing in our world today because the church is not on duty. The church is clocked out. The church is watching Netflix. The church is doing Netflix and chill inside the church. And instead of going out into the highways and byways, contending with the lost, preaching to the lost, exalting the name of Jesus Christ, and being light in a dark world, the church today is doing Netflix and chill while the world goes to hell. Yes, it is. And so I want to tell you, God's looking for people that have Holy Ghost guts. Turn with me to Psalm 78. I want to show you an example of what I'm talking about. Psalm chapter 78. We're going to get something that God's got for you today. Holy Ghost guts. I want to share with you a few keys on, on, on getting these Holy Ghost guts that I'm talking about. And God shows us. God shows us in this passage in Psalm 78 exactly what we're talking about here today. Beginning in verse number 9 of Psalm 78. It says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. How many of you sometimes, you know when the battle comes on and you just go, oh, forget it. It's not worth the fight. Right? Now, you know, sometimes we joke around. It's like a husband's always wrong. You know, the wife's always right. You know, you, did, I, did I leave my keys here or there? I'm not going to argue about it. She's always right. You know. But, you know, there's some battles that we go through and you say, you know what? It's not worth the cost. It's not worth what I've got to go through to be right in the situation. I'm just going to let that slide. I'm just going to let that one slide. And then we let another one slide. And then we let another one slide. And before you know it, the enemy's done slid into our lives. But it says the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. What happened was, what happened was they, they, they esteemed it better to turn around and not fight than to fight for a cause and perhaps lose whatever the cost would be. See, they didn't have Holy Ghost guts. They, they saw the battle. They knew there'd be a cost for the battle. How many of you see a battle in America? There's a battle for the soul of our nation. Believe it or not, there's a battle for the soul of the church. God's going to win, but I don't know how many casualties we're going to take on. God's going to win the battle. Make no bones about it. But I don't know how many casualties we're going to lose in the process. The reality is this. 
Some people see the battle. They, you see what's going on. You see it. You can't not see it. It's being shoved down your very throat. You see it. But do you believe God's worthy? Or do you say, you know what? That's a steep cost to stand my ground. To say this is not right. That's a steep cost to stand up for what is right in this generation. Yeah, it is a steep cost. It is a steep cost. But you got to have Holy Ghost guts to do it. And you see, they didn't have that. Ephraim, they had, I want you to correlate this with the church world today. They dressed up. They dressed up. They had on the church clothes. They had the attire on. In other words, they looked the part. They sounded the part. They went where they were supposed to go. They went out to the battlefield. They dressed up. They sounded right. They looked right. Everything was right. But when the enemy began to come at them, they turned. They turned. In other words, what we say in Texas is they were all hat and no cattle. They were all hat and no cattle. They were all talk. They were all talk. But when the rubber meets the road, when, when, when it was time to go to action, when it was time to put your skin in for God, when it was time to put your neck on the line for God, when it was your time. You see, Paul put his neck on the line for the gospel and lost his head. Peter put his life on the line for the gospel and was crucified. When it was time to put your life on the line for the gospel, don't shrink back. Don't shrink back. See, the, the children of Ephraim, they were armed. They carried bows. They were dressed up, but they turned back in the day of battle. It says in verse 10, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Verse 12, marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. What happened here is they forgot their God. They forgot their God, y'all. You know what? You need to remember who your God is. I know the battle's big. I know that the enemy's a liar. And right now, one of the biggest battles that we face is, is, a, is an enemy that fights in the shadows. Keeps people occupied preoccupied tired worn out worn down sleepy the enemy is doing everything he can to to do the 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 satanic lullaby over the church to keep you asleep from the demonic activity that is going on in the world but god is sounding the alarm in the church world because people are perishing today souls are perishing today Marriages are being destroyed by the devil. Children are being taken out of the Christian home and been given over to the demonic. And not only that, but the enemy is encroaching on even the very foundations of our nation. One of the things that we see in America right now is this battle raging. One of the things that happened just in the last 10 years is they, um, in the, the Supreme Court, okayed same-sex marriage in our nation. No matter how many courts say it's okay, God says it's not. And the church of Jesus Christ has to stand its ground or we're not going to have the voice of God in our generation. Amen. 
If you want to echo the world, echo the world. But if you want to echo God, it's going to cost you. If you want to walk with the world, walk with the world. Tell them it's okay to do whatever they're doing. But if, if God be true and you want to say what God says, you're going to have to have Holy Ghost guts. You're going to have to have Holy Ghost guts. And I want to tell you, God's looking for people that seek not their own. And right now is not a time to seek your own, but to seek the things that are Jesus Christ. And what are the things that are Jesus Christ? Well, you know, he owns the whole world, right? Right? You know that the church is his, right? And you know that he died on the cross for all the souls out there. Red, yellow, black, and white. LGB or T. Doesn't matter. He died on the cross for all of them, didn't he? He said, so that whosoever will can come, let him come. He paid the price. He made the way. He already did the work necessary to reconcile someone to himself. And, and all they have to do is believe. That's it. But how does the gospel work? How does the preaching of the gospel work? By faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And guess who God has sent the Word of God through to go out into the highways and byways and preach the gospel to every creature, you and me and every other church folk. God has commissioned us to go out with the Word in due season to a world that is dying in this season. Today, today God is looking for people that will not turn back. The word derelict means to to abandon ship. It means to relinquish authority. How about that? To relinquish authority. This is like a, a, a parent that knows its child is going out and getting drunk and just, you know, well, I know they'll be home at 2 in the morning probably. Or I know they're watching something they probably shouldn't be watching, but, you know, I don't want to get involved in that because then I'm going to have to take away their phone and, you know. Well, the reality is a lot of times parents don't want to bring the rod of correction because they need to be corrected themselves. Those children, listen to me, children know when the parents are living right. You get a parent say, oh, you don't need to be watching that. And the child goes, well, you watch that. Who are you to tell me? Right. I mean, they don't say it like that, hopefully. But, but you know, a lot of times we say you shouldn't be listening to that. You shouldn't be watching that. And one of the things that, that rubs me wrong is we have this whole thing in the, in, you know, in the church world is we say, oh, you know, in that part of the movie, cover the kid's eyes, cover the kid's ears. No, if it's not good for the kid to see it or hear it, then it's not good for you to see it or hear it. Because the Bible says you're supposed to guard your heart with all your diligence because out of that comes the issues of life. If you wonder why the things of God are not coming out, it's because you're not putting the things of God in. You're allowing the world in through your eye gate, through your ear gate, into your heart gate. And Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you want to know why the church is not speaking the oracles of God? Because because we're speaking the oracles of men. We've allowed men to take the place of God. We've allowed Netflix to take the place of the Bible. And we wonder why we don't have that anointing on our life. We wonder why we don't have the consecration of God on our life. We wonder why we don't see the power of God in the church anymore. Because we're not walking in the Spirit of God anymore. He says, these people turned back in the day of battle. What will you do in the day of adversity? What will you do in the day of adversity? And I'm telling you, without Holy Ghost guts, you'll shrink back. 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the broad spectrum today. Uh, you know, I see in our nation, we don't know what bathroom to use. They say in our generation at one time, the, the homosexual community made up less than 5% of the nation. Today, a study just came out this past week that said 25% of current high school students identify as LGB or T. We've gone from less than five in the nation to one-fourth of our high school students being brainwashed by a satanic agenda. So what is the church supposed to do? Have a conference? What's the church supposed to do? Sell T-shirts. What's the church supposed to do? Turn out the lights. That's the problem. We've turned out the lights for too long. It's time to turn the lights on. It's time to lift up our voice and cry out in the wilderness. It's time for John the Baptist to go out into the desert that you see out there and lift up your voice like a trumpet, like Isaiah said. Don't hold back. Lift that voice up and let the glory of God come down on the land again. God's looking for people with Holy Ghost guts. Will it cost you? Yes, it'll cost you. It, 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 the, the things going on in our nation are demonic. They are demonic. And, and when the church begins to shine the light on it, the demons don't like it. But God has given us authority over those demons. We can still cast those demons out in the name of Jesus. We can still bind those things in the mighty name of Jesus. God gave us authority. Listen, God gave us authority for a reason because he knows the hour in which we live in demands such. If the church didn't have authority, we would be ramrodded. But I want to tell you, as the light begins to shine in the land again, the demonic is going to come out at you. So it's going to take Holy Ghost guts. It's going to take Holy Ghost guts. And I want to share with you a couple of things in this passage. Now, I'm not going to be able to cover all this tonight, today. I may cover some tonight or next week. I don't know. But I just want to catch a couple of these things I want to show you. Because a lot of times, I want to tell you this. It may not be that broad spectrum that I'm preaching about. How many of you know sometimes you can get a bad report from a doctor on a bad day and it just takes all the wind out of your sail? Come on, if we're having revival and the doctor calls me in the middle of the revival, I might take that bad report and just shred it up and say, Hallelujah, I'm trusting God. But if that bad report comes on a bad day, it might take the wind out of my sail. You know, my, my mom got a Dear John letter one time. From her husband, from my dad, you know. Dear John, he's gone. Went to work, never came back. Sometimes things like that happen and it sideswipes you. Or the loss of a loved one. And it can sideswipe you. It can take all the all it can take all the fuel, all the fire. It can take all the fight out of you. But I want to tell you something. My strength doesn't come from me. If your strength comes from you, your strength is small. Your strength has to come from God himself. Because the battle is bigger than you. And there are times that the enemy will wait and hold back until your weakest moment to send in that onslaught. To send in the lie. To send in that word. 
And you're going to have to draw not on your own strength, but on strength that comes from God. When the enemy brings you a bad report on a bad day, only God can help you to stand. And I want to tell you, God's going to give you Holy Ghost guts. God's going to put something in you today so that you'll know in the day of adversity, so that you'll know when the devil comes knocking on your door, whether it's been on a good day or a bad day, my God is the same anyway. It doesn't matter whether it's a good day or a bad day. My God don't change. My God's the God of the mountains, the hills, and the valleys. My God's the God in the good season and the bad season, in the harvest season and the desert season. My God's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ never changes. And I want to tell you something. God's looking for people to trust Him. So it could be. You, you know, I'm talking about a broad agenda about this, the demonic activity coming on on our land. But it could be you in that day of battle when you get a Dear John letter, when you get a bad report from a doctor, when, when somebody quits on you. When somebody turns their back on you, when somebody attacks you at your weakest moment. Amen. When you're down, you need God. Amen. When you're down, you need God. And I want to share with you a couple of things just in, in, in this part of this message. How to get Holy Ghost guts. These are keys to having Holy Ghost guts. And it shows you all this right here, verses 10 and 11 and 12. They turned back in the day of battle, and it says in verse 10, They kept not the covenant of God, and refused to walk in His law, and forgot His works and His wonders that He had showed them. Number one, they kept not covenant. They got out of covenant. Whether you believe it or not, as a believer of Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be in covenant with God. See, what we believe is a new covenant. Our covenant with God is not by circumcision with hands. Come on, somebody. It's not through religious duties like a pope may say. But your covenant with God is through your faith in the sacrifice of the Son. Your covenant with God is based on the shed blood that was running down the hills of Calvary. Your covenant with God. Jesus said that this cup is the New Testament. In my blood, it was the blood of Jesus that brought you into union with God himself. And this, what you, the first thing you've got to know is that you're in covenant with God. Number one, you've got to stay in covenant with God. You're, how did you get in covenant with God? You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. Don't let the devil lie to you. It's not your works that keep you right with God. It's not your works that got you right with God. It's the blood of Jesus that cleansed you. It's the blood of Jesus that purged you. And it's the blood of Jesus that keeps you. It's the blood of Jesus that's against the devil. It's the blood of Jesus that protects you from the devil. It's the blood of Jesus that makes the demons flee. It's the blood. We are a blood-bought, blood-washed church of the living God. We we plead the blood against the enemy. We plead the blood against the devil. We stand today because the blood still speaks. The blood speaks for the church. There is no demon in hell that can cross the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I am covered by the blood. I am washed in the blood. And I am cleansed by the blood. And God has called you to remember your covenant. You got into this covenant by the blood. You're going to stay in it by the blood. Amen. You didn't get in this thing because of your works. 
You didn't get into this thing because of your works. So when, when the devil moves you off of the blood, it's getting you to trust in your works. You'll begin to say, ah, you know, I haven't done this lately. Ah, I haven't done that lately. Stop trusting yourself. Stop trusting yourself. Amen. Come back to the blood. What got you in is you put your faith in that blood. You want to stay right with God? You want to get Holy Ghost guts? You come back to that blood and put your faith in that blood again. Oh, you know, I had just been hadn't feeling the Holy Ghost lately. That's because you hadn't been putting faith in the blood. Well, pastor, how dare you say that? Get back on your knees. Get back on your knees. God still moved when his people cry. If you haven't feel God lately, it's because you haven't been crying. God still moves when his people cry. And when you got saved, I, I hope that you cried, I cried. But when you got saved, you, you call on the name of Jesus. You fall down on your face and you say, Lord, I'm a sinful wretch. I've made a mess of my life. I've wrecked it. I, I repent. I repent. I plead the blood. I ask that you cleanse me by the blood. It's that blood that saves you. Amen. It's the blood, not of a, uh, just a man. That's the God man. That's God in man. Amen. Fully God and fully man. That's who Jesus is. He's not half and half. He's full and full. Amen. He's 100% God, 100% man. That's who he is. Now, one of the things that I want you to see in this passage says they kept not the covenant of God. They walked away from the covenant. Did they get into the covenant? Come on, some, some theologians. It says they kept not the covenant. So did, at one point, were they in covenant with God? Come on. Were they in covenant with God at some point? They didn't keep the covenant with God. Do you know that God's faithful? Do you know that God's a covenant keeper? You know if God said it, he'll do it. God honors his word. God keeps his word. But they didn't keep theirs. They kept not covenant with God. Amen. And you know what? God will keep his word. But he's calling on you to keep covenant with him. Your covenants with God is through your faith in what he did on that cross. That's where you get in covenant. You don't get in covenant through rituals in a Catholic church. You don't get in covenant through circumcision of hands. You don't get in covenant because a pastor laid hands on you. You don't get in covenant because you give all your money to the poor. You get in covenant with God because you put your faith in what Jesus Christ did on that cross, that he offered himself as your sacrifice, as your substitute to pay a price that you owed. It was a cost you couldn't pay, but it was a price you owed. Think about that. So they kept not covenant. They got in it, but they got out. They got in it, but they got out. They kept not covenant with God. They refused to walk in it. So number one, stay in covenant with God. Number one, keep your faith in the blood. Number one, keep your faith in the blood. You want to have Holy Ghost guts? Don't trust yourself. Put your faith in the blood of Jesus. You know, there was a time in my life when I was uh, preaching in a prison one time. And, and when I went in, they shut the door behind you. And when they shut the door behind you, guess what? It's you and Jesus and a whole bunch of folks. Amen. They shut the door behind. They lock it. We don't negotiate with prisoners, so you're on your own till we buzz you out. And one, of the, one occasion, it wasn't like this all the time, but one occasion, there was a person that was 
I believe demon possessed. I mean, I started, I started talking to people about the Lord. I started encouraging people in the Lord. And this man became so animated. He was a Muslim and he started cursing Jesus and he was cursing me. And you're not going to bring this in here. And he got so enraged, his eyes turned another color. His eyes went black. And I, I, at that moment, at that moment, listen to me, I'm not trusting me. Because this battle's done got past my experience. This battle's done got over my head. When this dude's eyes turned black, I knew the battle belongs to the Lord or it's done. And I rebuked that man in the name of Jesus. I rebuked that spirit in that man in the name of Jesus. And I told him to shut his mouth and to sit down. And he immediately, his eyes immediately changed another color. They went back to normal. He immediately shut his mouth and he immediately sat down and he said not another word until I left. This man was threatening. And I want to tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't training. It wasn't my words. It wasn't my ability to calm down a situation. It was the blood of Jesus that I had a covenant in. It was the blood that spoke for me. When I spoke the name of Jesus, I had a covenant behind that word. I wasn't speaking empty words like the sons of Sceva. I was speaking a word in covenant with my God. And the blood of Jesus is what protects us. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, in the day of adversity, you need to be in covenant with God. Secondly, by faith, faith in the blood, that's what keeps you in covenant. Secondly, you need to follow God. It says they didn't walk in his law. You know, this is an easy one to look past, but we deal with that all the time when we preach. There's some people that, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but they don't follow. I know, I know, I know, but they don't follow. Listen, if God has saved you, if God has cleansed you, and you're in covenant with God, God, listen to me very clearly, God set you free, but not so that you can do what you want, when you want, how you want. You were bought with a price. You were bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Your life is not your own. God bought you with a precious price, a costly price. So what you do with your life matters in the kingdom of God. You don't, you don't have that luxury to be a free agent anymore. You were purchased by God. You were purchased. And so part of that purchase agreement, God said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. You've been commissioned and called by Jesus Christ to follow him in his way and in his word. Amen? So, there may be things in the word of God that rub against the way you live your life. You better follow God. If you want to have Holy Ghost guts in the day of battle, you better be a follower of God. Because when that day of battle comes and you know you haven't been walking with God, you know you haven't been obedient to God's word, and the enemy comes knocking, the enemy's going to see that, that vulnerable spot right there. He's going to see that vulnerable spot. So we got to order our steps of the Lord. Follow Jesus. If he says, you know what? If he says no liar will enter in the kingdom of God, guess what? You better stop lying including on your income taxes. If the enemy, I mean, if, if the enemy knows that you're a liar, he's going to come at you in those ways. 
If, if the Lord says that no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God and you've got a problem with pornography, you need to get that settled today. Because the enemy knows there's a vulnerable spot. There's a chink in the armor. No matter how much you talk, no matter how, how much you strut, no matter how loud you sing, if there's a chink in the armor, the enemy's going to come in. So you've got to walk in his law. You've got to do what he says. You may say, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. Well, Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. Go read it, John 15. If you love me, obey me. That's what Jesus said. Upon other verses. But I'll leave you with that one just for the sake of time. So number one, your faith has to be in the blood. Number two, you have to follow, the, you have to follow his commandments and obey his word. And thirdly, which I'm breezing through these, I'm going to expound on these up either tonight or tonight next week thirdly it says they forgot his works they forgot his works don't you know who your god is the the enemy is loud but our god is a consuming fire amen god has delivered us you you look at what who he's talking to he's talking to ephraim these are these are from joseph's family joseph was living there in egypt and just a few a couple hundred years later they get delivered out through the through the work of moses and god and one of the things that you see in this passage is they forgot how mighty their god is in the day of battle you know what whenever the battle rages i may not have every answer I may not have every answer. The story I was telling you about the young man in prison, I didn't get a training manual about that from God. He didn't say, when you're in prison and this happens, do this. But I knew when the enemy showed up, I knew who my God was. I knew who my God was. I didn't forget. I know who my God is because only the hand of God can take me from being where I was and cleanse me and make me who I am. God, it is God that makes somebody new. It is God that takes somebody out of the old and puts them into the new. You know what I'm talking about? One of, they said one story. There was a, a, a National Barber Association, and they, were, they had this big um, conference, and one of the things that they did is they wanted to just show how awesome their barbers were. And they went down to Skid Row, and they picked up this, this drunk guy that had, you know, his hair was all mangled, you know, had all kinds of issues. And they brought him in, and they gave him a new suit. They gave him a bath. They gave him a haircut. I mean, they just made him all look so handsome. Just They got the outside looking spiffy, if you will. A week later, the man was back on Skid Row. He had already sold the new clothes they got him. His beard was starting to grow back out. His hair was looking shaggy again. You see, man can only change the outside. But only God can change the inside. You see, when I say don't forget his works, don't forget what he's done in you. It was God that took you from having that hard heart, from having that darkened heart. It was God that took that out and put his Holy Spirit in. It's God that took that old away and gave you new. It's God and only God that can do that. And you need to remember that if God can do that in you, God can do that in anyone. You need to remember if God can do a miracle in your life, God can do a miracle in anybody's life. Because God's no respecter of persons. Amen? God will show himself strong in those people whose trust is in him. They, they forgot his work. And last one, in the same verse 11, it says, His wonders that he had showed them. They forgot his works and his wonders. They forgot his power. That's the power. 
They forgot his wonders, his power. Don't you remember that your God is powerful? My God is able. My God's still able. My God still moves mountains. My God is the same. He doesn't change. And I've already talked on that, but I want you to see it, that they forgot that they were in covenant with God. They forgot to walk in His ways to follow Him. They forgot what He's done in the past, and they forgot His wonder-working power. Don't you know there's still power in the blood? There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. You know, I talked with a guy this past weekend that was a former heroin addict. He's been clean for 10 years. How'd you get clean? Counseling? Nope. Power of God. Power of God. He surrendered to God and God set him free. You're looking at someone that once was a drunk. How'd I get set free? A8? Nope. Power of God. I surrendered to God and God broke that thing once and for all. It was a clean break. The blood of Jesus don't make any mistakes. Amen. And if you need to come back to that altar, you come back to that altar. But once you put your total faith in the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus will go and do what he said it'll do. There is still power, wonder working power in the blood. And I don't know how big, I don't know how big the enemy is in your life, but I know a God that's bigger. Okay? I know a God that's bigger. Again, Paul said he he had a little job to do, but he couldn't find anybody to do it because they were all seeking their own and not the things of Jesus. It really boils down to that. It really boils down to that. Are you seeking the kingdom of God in your life? Are you seeking the kingdom of God in your life? And God wants to do a work in you. This Holy Ghost guts, God's looking for somebody today that has Holy Ghost guts. And if you're one of those people, you want to say, you know what, Pastor? I see the problem in society. They're, they're bringing kids into drag shows. I see the problem in society. We can't speak against evil. You're going to get canceled off Facebook, Pastor. We've got to speak the truth. We don't, we're not mean about it. We're not hard-hearted about it. But the truth is what sets someone free. Jesus said the truth will make you free. You see the problems in society? You see that the divorce rate in the church is higher than the world? They say over 50% of men in a typical church are bound by the, the demon of pornography. How can that be in a church? Because they're no longer in covenant with God. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. They're not in covenant with God. You see, one of the things that, that the enemy will do is get you to look at other people as worse, but God wants to do a work in you. So you see the problem in society. Do you see the problem in your family? Is your family honoring God? Is your family on fire for God? Is your family filled up with the Spirit of God? Is your family seeking the things of their own, or is your family seeking the things of Jesus? What about on the job? Integrity. Even in the church, we need people to have Holy Ghost guts. See, on, on the job, you've got to have Holy Ghost guts. Because we live in a day and time where we're facing situations a lot of our predecessors didn't face. Maybe back in Rome, you know, a couple thousand years ago, but we're facing things in our work environments that people didn't face back then. We have, you know, situations we've got to do. And we need the power of God. Even in the church world, you know, a lot of the church world ain't right. 
There's some churches, even the Methodist church just had a big split in the Methodist church because some of the churches are condoning the things going on in society. Other of the churches believe it's wrong. Church split. It's got, you've got to have guts to do things like that. I thank God for those brothers and sisters that got the guts to do what's right. But I'm telling you, in the church world, you have to have Holy Ghost guts. One of the things that God wants to do in you today is show you just how powerful he is. This morning, as we come to a close, I want to invite you to come back to the Lord to seek his kingdom first. To seek his kingdom first. God knows what we need. And God knows if you are in need today of something. But he said in his word that if you would seek him first, all these other things will be added to you. And the reason why a lot of people shrink back in battle is because they don't have this covenant with God. They don't have this relationship with God. They have not known nor experienced the power of God. And today, if you need a fresh knowing or a fresh experience of the power of God, I want to invite you to the altars this morning as we close. Father, I thank you this, this morning for this opportunity to speak the word to your people Lord, we thank you for the word going out, and Lord, we ask that you would quicken it into our lives. Lord, if any of us here today, Lord, if we've shrunk back from battle, Lord, if we've been like that stork, if, if we've put our head in the sand while the enemy has devoured the land, Lord, I pray that you would bring conviction upon us today. If the enemy has gone through our homes and ravished our relationships, ravished our integrity, Lord, I pray that this would be the day that we get back where we need to be. Lord is inviting you today to come back to him, to put your heart back on him fresh. It's between you and him. You don't have to tell any other person what's going on, but you do need to tell Jesus. Tell Jesus that you want to put your heart on him afresh today, that you want to seek his kingdom in you, in your life, in your world that you live in. God will honor that. God will bring his Holy Spirit to you this day. I want to invite you to come forward. We have altars here today. This is a place where you can kneel down and lay your burdens at the feet of Jesus. I want you to know that God said if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And if you'll come and take that step of faith and draw near to God, I know my God will likewise draw near to you. If you need to have a word with God, come forward at this time. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be right here in the middle. Lord, you see every person here today, Lord, I ask that you would do a work in our lives to get us back on solid ground, to give us the Holy Ghost guts for the day of battle. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone.